Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK Connected podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, here to bring you news, views and the sharpest analysis from across the industry in a social distancing friendly form. This podcast is part of a much bigger initiative at the IAB that we've set up in response to the digital advertising industry locking down and working from home. IAB UK Connected houses all the very best initiatives from our members, thought pieces and a whole schedule of practical digital learning modules. Find it all at iabuk.com forward slash connected. In this episode, I talk to John Longhurst, founder of Long Term Digital. John works with agencies to produce an insight report every quarter. So we sat down, albeit virtually, to talk about some of the key themes in his latest release. We started by talking about what had struck John most about the current state of the market. Everyone kind of came into this uh, with good momentum. So you feel uh, potentially that it stops and, and you kind of, kind of run out. But I think with any of these uh, recessions or kind of times of uncertainty, ultimately, if you've got a business model that will innovate and will survive for the long term, you come out stronger. So for me personally, I don't think that the media owners have ever needed buy side insight more. So the real key for me is actually kind of listening, which is something I probably didn't do enough when I was on the sales side of media owners, mm-hmm. and really understanding what it is, the challenges that the buy side are going after, what they need from media owners and ad tech companies, where they think the market is going, to then try and identify the trends and nuances to, to help people you know, adapt. So for me personally, uh, buy side insights never been more important. And I also think there are a lot of the companies that if they're in the position, and it is the fortunate position, but if they're in the fortunate position to stop and use this time to really think about where they want to be going, um, have they kind of gone off path, um, and ultimately, I guess, prepare for Q4, because if we think that Q4 or Q1 2021 is when things may get back to normal, inverted commas, then you need to make sure that your, your strategy and your work and your thinking and your commercial positioning is correct and proper. I mean, you've sort of encapsulated it brilliantly, but you have just finished your first quarterly dip in which you go into, so you've got an agency panel, right? All different levels, um, all, all different um, sorts of roles, seniority. And the, you know, the reason why you do that, I guess, is to think about trends, opportunities, what are some of the challenges going to be? I mean, this must have been wildly different to any other dips that you've done, assuming you were doing it in, uh, in mm-hmm. Q1 this year. Was it in March that you that the that you were talking yeah. to the panel and and had yeah. we had we hit the sort of the nervousness around the market already when you were going out talking to them? Yeah, so it's kind of the last week of March, first couple right. of weeks of April, um, and go out and do what was face to face interviews, but kind of now over the phone yeah, to get that course. quality and quantity. Um, and yeah, we definitely you know the market was kind of in the throes. I think it got past the first three weeks of complete nervousness um, and kind of panic. And we're now settling into, so what does this now mean? Yeah. Uh, the scenario planning, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it was a really interesting time to get those feedbacks and insights. Uh, and look, the report is incredibly thorough. Um, so our mere 15 minutes now is not going to suffice. So uh, we're just going to focus on a handful of the sort of the key themes and insights that you that, that came out, John. Um, you, you were talking, we were talking earlier about how actually this is an opportunity for some of those areas which might have been underrepresented before Tell yeah us a bit about that yeah absolutely i think i think if there is a silver lining and, and one of it could be the that this could ignite conversations about environments that potentially were either underrepresented or had specific challenges um from the buyer side and and that kind of some of the areas within digital that the panel identified could see some upside 
are uh, kind of connected TV environments, gaming, short form video, influencer marketing, and then that challenge about advertising brand safety around news content. So I could just touch on a couple of those. If yeah, if, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk, talk to us about. I mean, and is that born out of the fact that we are at home more? I mean, it sounds pretty obvious. We were talking about gaming yesterday with um, with, with Luke from Dense Regis Network, and he was saying, look if gaming's going to have its moment is now because it's absolutely booming and all of the headlines it's all in the mainstream but you've got everyone doing it like all of a sudden so it's sort yeah. of having its moment is is that the sort of the behavior is because we're at home more we're experiencing these things more or is it, it probably a bit more nuanced than that well yeah that, I, mean, I think i think that's that's the underlying issue or or, or kind of fire started to, to this is that as audience shifts to those environments it has to make you think about the new way as a brand that you can be relevant and meaningful in the environments that people are now in. And therefore naturally the kind of streaming side, the gaming side, social video, all of those have all reported big audience increases. And therefore I think it just asks the better question of how do I be relevant and and, and do I understand that environment well enough to make sure I'm having that impact. So I think it's just, I think there's also a short and longer term revenue that doesn't immediately mean that revenue is going to come into those environments straight away. But if it's challenging the buyer side of marketeers to think about how to stand out, then that's a good thing for those channels. And that's a good thing for this industry. What um, What is the agency panel saying about news? I mean, we, we've been having the conversation on here. We've been involved with some of the stuff that Newsworks have been doing about back, don't block. I mean, you talked about uh, eyeballs there specifically, but it's that very odd thing going on with, with news brands and publishers whereby eyeballs are through the roof and traffic is, but the money isn't following because there's a real nervousness and uh, uh, around what is a very difficult um, uh, news cycle at the moment around COVID-19. So what, what's the agency panel saying about news and publishers in general? Yeah, I think on that, that kind of back, not block, I think it, the panel was really split. And, and I think morally and ethically, they agree that journalism needs to be supported. But fundamentally, and this is a bigger question for anyone right now in the advertising ecosystem, what is the value that you are adding? And, and how can you really put your argument across to not just say, look, we need to kind of morally support editorial, but what are the reasons that advertising spend should move into those environments? And I think that's where the panel kind of disagreed or didn't have the, the capability or the arguments to be able to, to move money across um, outside of the moral and ethical um, kind of support. Maybe that gets us on to, um, to thinking about data, um, uh, contextual targeting, particularly you're saying as a finding feels like it's not moved on massively. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of linked to that brand safety message that if, if you understand that um, eyeballs are up, but it's around news content and therefore should you be monetizing around news? I think one of the, the, there is a confused message right now in the market, which is in digital, we have always been first party data. It's all about the power of data. Mm-hmm. Then because of the demise of the cookie, question marks over the role and value of third party data. And now it's all about contextual targeting. Yeah. But what we haven't done as an industry is kind of, again, give that positive um, either measurement or insight as to why contextual targeting is so important. And I think the general feeling from the buyer side is that contextual targeting is the same as when you and I used to to sell it um and is that a, a kind of publisher is that there's an opportunity there to to re uh, think about how you deliver and package contextual targeting there's also a tech challenge there is there enough done in semantic targeting and understanding that yeah. and visual and video recognition but also i think and this underpins it it's brand safety tools and technologies mm. so if you have um let's say quite blunt brand safety 
um, techniques at the moment just to block all COVID related. It's because you can't understand the semantics of the actual articles. And I think the agency buy side, especially was saying that we understand that we're missing out on audiences there. And we think there's some real upside there, but we have to use the tools and tech, you know, technology that we have. It's the best we've got. So yeah. if, if that can't be mass adopted, so I think like Mantis and, and the work that Reach are doing with IBM, you know, it's a great initiative, but ultimately that needs to be implemented within every DSP and that needs all publishers to get behind rather than just one good piece of insight into kind of one area. So it, it, there's some of the challenges, uh, sorry, challenges that I'm seeing around contextual targeting. You had this brilliant line as well, which is um, uh, buy side need to look at stuff that is insightful, not just interesting. And I wonder whether, I mean, there's so much stuff that's inverted commas interesting, but it's really the insight that you're trying to mine from it, which is going to be useful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that touches on the point that you asked, um, kind of the timing of the panel. It was just after that first three weeks where right. I think every every media owner had thrown everything they had at the buy side and the buy side we're very grateful, yeah. but then you start to go, okay, so what are the real, what's the action that I can take off the back of these insights? Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the great thing is uh, I kind of got the panel to look at leading insight tools and providers and actually media owner tools and insights came out as valuable as any of the, the kind of market leaders. And they actually use media owner insights more than some of the other providers. So it shows a huge opportunity for media owners there. Um, but I think, the, the overarching concern I've got is, A, your, your kind of insight's actionable and what does it mean? B, how do you actually deliver that to, yeah. to, the, to the buy side? Is it a push versus pull? And then C, there is a fear, again, touching on that kind of lack of or, or kind of demise of the cookie that we go into more wall gardens. So let's say, fast forward, we've got 20 really good wall gardens. And that's not just Facebook, Google, Amazon, that's Spotify and audio or that's whoever. You end up going... If you can only provide insight within your platform, well, no media platform just as one, I'm sorry, no media booking just as one platform. So we need partnerships and collaborations and uh, trade bodies and marketing bodies to kind of help leverage the insights across all of those within that, that sector, because otherwise the buy side struggle to really know what the, the story is. Uh, uh, and are you finding that the buy side are needing and using those tools that do that. And I'm thinking, you know, tools that derive insight from things, everything from eMarketer through to Nielsen through to everything else they're using, that they are becoming invaluable at the moment because they do that job of, you know, behavior overall rather than behavior that happens specifically on this one thing over here that might be different for someone else. The, the tools have become way more important at the moment, I guess. Absolutely. The tools are more important than they've ever needed because people need to understand consumption changes, patterns, trends, media consumption, audience insights, all of that is now as an individual publisher or, or property, what you can do is maximize the insights that you can obtain right. from you and that are unique to you and only you have the insights behind, whether that's panel-based and survey versus you know anything else you've got. But it also then needs to go one level up where there's collaboration across all of those. And then to your point, at a kind of industry level, so that the, the buy side of marketeers can really understand it at every single level to help them plan effectively. Um, Dynamic Creative was um, was something else that came out strongly. And it feels like, I mean, you talked about that three-week period at the start, lots and lots of advertisers pivoting quite quickly and trying to make decisions on, is what we're running creatively at the moment 
jarring or tone deaf or not working do we need to switch to something that is coronavirus specific uh, or do we not do we turn off so lots of those decisions have been made dynamic creative feels like that would be a solution for all that sort of stuff if you're agile and you do it quite quickly yeah i mean and, and that's the thing for me i think this is really highlighted um a that that my panel said that they either changed to reassurance or they kind of kept as they were. Um, but with all the tools and technology and capabilities that we've got available in every channel, you know, whether it's Spireable, whether it's Acast, Dynamic, a million ads, whatever it is, in every kind of platform, you can execute Dynamic Creative, but it hasn't really been adopted to the oh, levels. And, and, it, and, and this feels like the opportunity um, where that creative capabilities could have been utilized. Um, and I asked this, I think it was probably probably two quarters ago about what the barriers were around dynamic creative. And at the time it was whose role and responsibility is this? Is this a creative right. agency? Is this a media owner? Is this a media agency? Is this a client? If you then add in some extra levels of complexity, naturally you need to understand the different messages you want to, to, to convey. And then of course, is it all worth the cost of doing that and the mm. time it takes if you can't measure it to the granularity that you need. So it'd be interesting to see if those have, have kind of changed and, and that's what I'll do in the next quarter. But yeah, you, you've, I'm sure you've seen the mashup of all the commercial ads where the whole message is exactly <laughs> the same and, and that just screams that we're not yeah. making the most of the opportunity. Yeah, we, we're talking about it with uh, Camilla, who is the CEO of Anomaly and she would say, yeah, it's sort of, you know, two minutes of twinkly piano music, then, you know, we're here for you and we're in it together messaging mm, yeah. and then sort of something else. But uh, yeah, it feels like dynamic creative could really be having its moment. I mean, it just gives you that agility to change stuff, test it really quickly, work out of its land. Yeah, I don't know. That, uh, that felt like a no-brainer. Um, uh, the, the, there's another point as well, which is around, well, broadly content and platform you found from the panel uh, have an equal importance tell us a bit more about that yeah so i think when it, there's there's rightfully so a lot of focus and importance put into the the source of the the content so is it trustworthy does it come from a reliable source and uh, and and all of the social platforms are taking measures um, around that and and that's key and vital but also as media um kind of buyers we have to think about the platform and the delivery so for me, I think the opportunity there um, for, for any media owner out there is thinking about how can you objectively help the buy side um, with, with measures and metrics that prove quality? Because otherwise it does just come back to subjectivity. Yeah. And of course, marketing is about subjectivity. But uh, you know, attention and dwell feel like the obvious ones that we need to keep dialing up and talking about because that gives you an insight into how well your platform is from a UX and user experience and how engaging uh, and good your content is. Yeah. Um, and and the, your general sense from the panel, I'd, I'd love to get, um, we, like I said, we we're talking to, to Luke at Dentsu uh, on, on gaming. We didn't really get into, um, you know, the sense with an agency at the moment. We're all reading headlines in Campaign and The Drum and Digiday about, you know, that they feel like they're having a, a tougher time of it. W what was the sense, granted this is back in March at the start, it feels like they're kind of busier than ever but we're still hearing you know, people getting furloughed. There's, there's redundancy. The teams are having to be leaner. What, what is life in an agency like at the moment in terms of what you took from the panel? Yeah, I, th I think it's tough. Um, mm. I, th I think it's, uh, all this has done it has expediated the challenges that were already there. Um, and actually, it's not just agencies. It's everyone in the market has to yeah. think about what va value they're adding. 
Um, so if you can't come up with the stories and the narrative to help prove the value that either your entity or your strategy creates, if you can't as uh, personnel or digital experts add value to something the client could do themselves, then obviously you've got to challenge that. And I think it just really puts a spotlight under the, the current business models of, of lots of companies um, to, to see how they kind of um, get through this period. Yeah, we're, we're going to, I mean, we've looked a lot, a lot into D2C last year. We're switching a, 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 our focus onto a big project around SME this year as well. Um, uh, everything um, from Enders through to other analysis we've seen is that, you know, SMEs are really the sort of the backbone of digital advertising. Does it, does size matter when it kind of comes to this, I suppose? Um, uh, c- clearly, um, as a big group, SMEs represent you know, a lot of money that's going into the system, but are they slightly fragile in the sense that they are smaller businesses and in times like this, maybe can't afford to stay on advertising if you've got a small store that you can't drive people into, for example. So um, a long way of asking a very simple question, but does does sort of size matter and does it matter that those, some of those businesses might be a bit fragile and, you know, what does that mean for digital advertising? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, again, that you look at the power and the fragility of smaller businesses. So the power they have as a huge collective and the amount of ad spend um, combined that they bring to any media owner that can activate them properly. And of course, it's well documented. That underlies the the success of Facebook, Amazon, Google, etc. But then, of course, what I always like about when you look at small businesses and you look at their marketing, what's so key to them is that that short term and long term measurement. All of this is people will spend ads, ad revenue, if they know what the results are or if they can try and understand what impact that's having. But absolutely, at times like this, if you're a small business, you can't afford to be um, kind of wasting spend, so to speak. So again, it puts the emphasis on all of us to educate to smaller businesses or highlight what our entities can can do in, in terms of actually driving performance and value to that target audience. Pivot is, well... Pivot and unprecedented are probably two of the most overused words that I'm reading, hearing, listening to uh, at the moment. In terms of pivot, though, it is undoubtedly now the time where you need to start looking at other revenue streams as well. So you've seen examples from publishers who have done it. So uh, people like um, Telegraph, Guardian, who who are not solely now funded by ad revenue, have subscription models or contributor models. Uh, Beyond publishing, you know, are there other now's the time to sort of figure out if there if there are other things that can bolster ad spend which is going to go through a period of um, you know being depressed a little bit um that would be some sound advice for uh, for the yeah. sell side i'm sure yeah no i think i think a lot of them will have been working on these strategies anyway and yeah. have been and to your point you've named a couple that are kind of more vocal uh, with the movements they've made but in a way whether it's now or whether it's previous or or in the future that the key fundamentals of what a good media owner or entity have remained the same. You need a strong product, a strong relationship with your with your audience. You need data, a proper logged in registered data pool that you can utilize and activate. You do need multiple revenue streams. You know, advertising is always one of those, but events, sponsorship, subscription, whatever, loads of different ways of monetizing that audience backed up by really good reporting and analytics. And I think yeah. time and time again, when I've worked with different media owners, it's about those insights of how they monetize their audience that can then help shape the product that they are developing and creating. And that's key. Yeah. Um, John, that, that was brilliant. I mean, there's how on earth we've got through all that stuff in 15 minutes. I do not know, but there's, there's, there's more and you are available for more. If, if people <laughs> want. We, we should finish though by our usual 
podcast guest guest questions, which are uh, the first is describe the view from where you're sitting right now. Uh, well, currently, as you know, I'm slightly vertically challenged. So I'm looking in a mirror that is above my head and um, I can see a photo of Santorini, uh, Tokyo, Hong Kong and Rome. Um, and I guess it's taking me back to how fortunate I was to be able to go to those places when we could. In, in, indeed. And um, second question around a lockdown to do list, if you made one uh, and if you did, is there anything that you've ticked off yet? Uh, so absolutely not. I, I didn't. <laughs> There's uh, still working full days, no time for all this uh, extra stuff. But I think the only thing I have invested in is a ridiculous amount of indoor golfing um, have you? Uh, techniques and tools that are going to, of course, ruin my game when we finally get back out there. So, uh, Brilliant. John, thank you so much for giving us half an hour or so. I, I mean... There's so much in this report. We've only just sort of skinned the top, but um, I think it's brilliant to share. And as you say, I think now more than ever, uh, the insight that you get from this is going to be invaluable. So thanks for taking the time today. Thanks a lot, James. Appreciate it. The IAB UK podcast. John Longhurst from Long Term Digital there. Not wholly surprising to hear John's agency panel call for more partnerships and collaboration at a time like this, particularly when he went and did that dip mid-March. Uh, I thought the point around insight was really interesting, though. Um, Agencies want insight that can work across the whole plan, not a different bit for each partner, uh, because that doesn't really work. And really surprised on dynamic creative. It felt, just from our conversation, it felt a bit half-baked. It felt, it's just got such huge potential at the moment. When everyone's trying to be reactive and agile, it feels like it should be coming into its own. So that was a a surprise, maybe an opportunity as well. Uh, That's it for this episode. But we'll be back later this week with another one. And if you want to listen to more episodes like this one or look at everything else that we're doing to support IAB members right now, go to iabuk.com forward slash connected and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for IABUK. Stay safe, stay home and thanks for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.